Okay, so welcome back, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about gender differences when it comes to stress responses. And again, we have Dr. Peterson here with us to give us the full rundown on everything. So to start off, what are the basic gender differences when it comes to these stress responses? Um, so basically, do, we- do men and women react differently to stress? Well, the short answer is yes, they do. <laughs> um, they also react similarly, too. Um, the, but there is some, some research that's come out that s- really suggests that we shouldn't treat men and women the same or, or expect them to react to stress- stressful situations in the same way. Uh, Shelley Taylor did some early work on uh, on this, and uh, it was actually quite interesting. And in, in a lot of the comments I, I say are based on the work that she had done. But what she came out with is she said, "Well, you know, typically what we look at with uh, stress response is fight or flight." Mm-hmm. And um, and she sort of made the um, proposition that well, for women, it may not be fight or flight that's the primary response. It may be tend and befriend. And so the question is, okay, what is tend and befriend? Well, I said, well, females, um, you know, tending involves the nurturing activities that help to protect themselves and their offspring Mm -hmm. to help to promote their, uh, uh, their safety and also to reduce the stress. So you begin to tend and, and befriending is the creation and maintenance of your social networks so that you have a stronger social network to help you deal with stressors. Right. And, and those are the two things that she proposed. Uh, and she looked through a lot of things related to the physiology. She also looked at things related to sociology and how women respond to stress. And, 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 and it became quite clear that when you look at this, um, women do have a sense of tending and befriending. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, I look at this and I go, so if you look at what are some of the activities that that women do when they deal with stress, and I talk about the differences between men and women, uh, typically, you know, you, you look at a, a, like, let's just say a married couple, and they come home, and usually if someone's, if they've had a hard day, or if they're dealing with a stressor or something like that, oftentimes men will just go and want to be alone, just leave me alone, right. I just don't want to talk to anybody, I just don't care, you know, yeah. I just, I need to recoup, I need to just get my thoughts together. I need to collect myself and I don't really want to be bothered by any, anything or anyone at the moment. Right. Yeah. Where women will oftentimes will seek and talk to someone and they'll say, well, Hey, you know what? I'd like to go out for coffee. Can you, I need, I'm working through things. I'd like to talk about something with you or meet with friends or they'll want to talk something through. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes I, I tell men, I say, one of the things you, you should understand is that women oftentimes they're, they, they're verbal and the expression of their stress and they're talking through and they're talking about it and they need to talk about it because the process of talking is the process of thinking it through. Yeah. Yeah. So you're essentially working verbally thinking through a problem where oftentimes men won't verbally think it through. They just sort of keep it in the side and kind of go stew and think about it. Right. right which is crazy to me because my mind feels like it's going to explode if I don't talk about it. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's, it would be a, what we call a typical, t- you know, tend and befriend. So you want to befriend someone, talk to someone, have a girlfriend that mm-hmm. would, you would talk to about what it is that you're going through and they listen attentively and they nod and they tell you, all <laughs> yeah. things and you, you know, so you'll get through it and that kind of stuff. We're, we're, and this is often the case that I, you know, it's oftentimes men won't want to talk to anybody about it. Right. You know, if they do, it's sort of in hesitant tones or, or things like that. And, 
and and people have said, well, oh, that's because men are t- trained not to share their emotions. And I've always found that to be a myth. It's a repeated myth all the time. You know, the mm-hmm. women are, are get more emotional about things. I said, no, they don't get more emotional. I said, they just express their emotions differently. Right. And uh, and that's one of the things that oftentimes that gets mistaken. I, I, I don't know of any parent that trains their little boy not to express their emotions. Right. Yeah. What they do is they train them how to control their emotions. Mm-hmm. I was telling someone this the other day. We were talking about this because we were talking about the differences. And the notion is that little boys, of which I have a grandson, right, who's a little <laughs> boy, uh, they tend to get physical when they get upset. Um, yeah. And so they, they, they do things that are physically that could potentially be harmful to others around them and to themselves. Yeah. So oftentimes you're telling a little boy to control themselves out of their own safety. That is not repressing their emotions. That is getting them right. to channel and express them appropriately. Mm-hmm. And vice versa, I don't know of any parent that that tells their little girl to just cry and, you know, throw their temper tantrum and express their emotions right. or whatever it might be because of whatever they're feeling at the moment. No, they're, they're, a parent is, is helping them to gain some emotional intelligence mm-hmm. to understand how they feel and express them in a, in a constructive manner. Right. And, and this is one of the things. So my idea about this is that, you know, but so the idea though is that men will talk to other men about their problems, but they do it sort of in a reserved space. And there is issues about, I don't want other people to know my weaknesses and things like that. They tend to be a little more, um, less, uh, that way. And there's a lot of biological reasons for that. It's not just sociological. As I say, the biological is the framework upon which the sociology builds. And so when you think about women in terms of tend and befriend, you look at the, 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 the different endocrinological and uh, physiological responses to stress. And it actually creates a need for this tend and befriending kind of behavior. Right. So then who would you say is more stressed today, men or women? Well, I've done a couple of national studies on this and, and other things. We've looked at that. Women, by far, will say they're more stressed than men. Right. Right. They will say they perceive more stress in their lives and that type of thing. If you actually ask them to to list all the different things that they're stressed by, well, both men and women are equally stressed. Mm-hmm. Women just tend to perceive that they're more stressed. Um, and so the question is why, why do women tend to think that they're more stressed? Well, I think it kind of goes back to our previous podcast that we did on social support. Well, if you are more engaged in social relationships and you're more socially interacting with people, you tend to also be bombarded by lots of other people's stresses right, as well. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, and you personally may not be more stressed and you may feel and have me more empathetic towards say your loved ones, your children, your husband, your spouse, wherever, in terms of the stresses that they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And that can and that can make the stress seem a little bit overwhelming. Right. In terms of that. Yeah. But if you actually ask the question, are they more stressed than men? Uh, the answer is technically no, but if you ask them personally, they will say <laughs> yes. Right. So then one area of research that I found really interesting is the area of rumination. So could you maybe explain more about what this is and then how this also looks between gender differences? Well, rumination is, comes from the word for, for ruminating animals. A ruminating animal would be like a cow. Like it's out in the field, right. eating grass, it swallows it, and of course it has two stomachs, and so it spits it back up. Yeah. And chews it again, right? It's called chewing its cud, and that's called rumination. It's bringing something back up and 
redigesting it. Mm -hmm. And we do this oftentimes with lots of different stressors in our lives or things that we go through. We will end up saying, oh, I shouldn't have said that at that party. I really offended this person. Yeah, that'll keep you up at night. Yeah, exactly. It's water rather than saying it's water under the bridge, you go, Oh, you just relive the moment again and you feel bad about it all yeah. over again. Right. And or, and it could be any number of different ways. It could be an embarrassing event, it could be something that you, you know, regret that you have, it could be any number of things. And so women tend to ruminate much more than men do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the studies have been pretty conclusive about this. And and it really is, uh, sometimes people say, well, what causes this? Well, sometimes it's a feeling that you're out of control. You don't have control over the situation. Yeah. Right. And so because you don't have control over the situation or the outcome, it's already happened, you're, you're still trying to gain control over it. And so you keep bringing it up as a means of trying to get it back, like try to get that, that, that control back. Yeah. And oftentimes, you know, women feel more socially responsible for the social tone of relationships. Right? They feel that, okay, if things aren't going well, it's I, I've got to do something about this. I've got to make, you know, I've got to make it better. Right. Men and are I, less likely to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this also, it sounds really similar to the way people describe themselves when they say that they're overthinkers. Yeah. You're overthinkers. You keep thinking about the same thing or dwelling on the topic. Yeah. 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 And that, and that can be problematic. And rather than thinking, well, you know, it's done, what's done is done. I can't change it now. It's a lesson learned. Well, it's, you still feel that emotional pain, right? Oh yes. I can speak to that one. I'm an overthinker. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, And and, and this tends to be a proclivity that women display more than men do. Right. Um, They really do. And it's when you have, when you feel that you have less control over important events in your lives, um, it, it, it really it tends to um, exacerbate the rumination effect. Yeah. So then another um, interesting topic has been gender role stress. So could you explain what that is and then basically explain the differences between men and women? Well, it, there is, um, you know, gender role stress is, is really related to the expectations one has for their gender. Mm-hmm. Like, what does it mean if I were to say, what is the ideal female, right? Right. right. If you were to use that, well, you know, it's people look at what's their personality, what's their what's their body type, how do they look, what's their hair like, mm-hmm. facial structure. You know, they go down the whole list, right? Right. And so they look at this, and so feminism oftentimes is is viewed, and you know, to be feminine um, is to be viewed in a certain way or to act a certain way. And some women just say, I don't fit that mold. I, I'm not like that at all. Right. And that could make a, sort of a feeling of um, you get distressed because there's what we call cognitive dissonance between what you think the expectations are and what you really are. Right. And, and then not allowing for the differences in, in the, that women would display. And also the same thing is true for men, the d- differences that men would display. You know, not every male is an alpha male making a gazillion right. dollars and, you know, and, you know, has rock hard six pack abs. <laughs> right. Right. Some of us have abs and they're in a, in a six pack, you know, they're well insulated. Right? So, <laughs> anyways, but the point is, is that there are, there are differences between people. And this is when we, we get this expectation that we have to do something or be something, and, you know, to, and, and. And this can lead to other types of problems because 
you know, for women specifically, gender role stress, you know, not achieving or being what you think you should be, mm-hmm. right? Based oftentimes on cultural expectations, and in some cases, family expectations. Right. Um, it can lead to things such as uh, disordered eating it, mm-hmm. uh, as a means of trying to get control. It can, and, and this is dealing with the stressor that you feel, the stress of disconnect between what the ideal is and what you are. Right. I, I've done lots of studies on body dissatisfaction. And it's very fascinating. Um, and I've done very large studies on this. And one of the things that's, that's interesting is that when you ask women what their ideal body is versus the way they see themselves, what their, what their current body type is versus their ideal, right, versus, um, you know, um, their actual, right? Because yeah. we would actually look at their actual, look at, a, um, look at what we call the BMI silhouette matching test, which is something I developed years ago. And what we found was that women ideal is always a lot thinner. Oh yeah. (laughs) They are right. Their ideal is a lot thinner. Um, And then, or, or they're perceived, see, it was interesting. They're perceived is always heavier than -hmm. what they actually are. Yeah. So most women on on average saw themselves larger than they were and achieving an ideal that was much lower. Yeah. Then you look at men, men's difference between what they think they are, what they, what they, the ideal is and what they actually are. It's pretty much the same, right? Really? They all say, well, it's funny because you have overweight guys saying, yeah, I'm perfect. You know, and they, <laughs> I mean, they're not, and this is changing by the way, culturally, because with social media and all the things that are coming out, men are becoming more, you know, body aware than they were say two decades right. ago. Um, but women have been, very body aware for some time. And this has led to all sorts of feelings and people feel, well, if I'm very attractive, I'm very feminine. Well, mm-hmm. well when, when is attractiveness related to femininity? See, that's the question. Right. And that's, and that really, and that, but people believe that and you, and people believe that and this, the stress comes from this rigid commitment that I have to obtain what this ideal is. And once you realize that that's just made up and stop following these, these cultural expectations, you actually can help to d- diffuse some of that stress. Right? Yeah. So then to keep going off of this, um, what does it mean to be feminine? And then how do those ideals affect one's reaction to stressful events? Well, I think I think one of the things is, is as I mentioned, to be feminine. Well, I ask you, what is it? Well, I ask you. I'll ask you. <laughs> so what do you think it means to be feminine? I mean... I feel like now it's a little bit confusing because it's like, I feel like so many people are trying to break away from maybe like a traditional feminine role, which would be, you know, um, I don't know, like stay home, take care of everyone, uh, cook and all that. And it's, um, I feel like it's being more shifted towards being like a, a power woman or like an alpha woman kind of thing. Um, just like being the boss, being strong, you know, like not putting up with anyone's uh, nonsense. So I'm not really sure. I just kind of do my own thing. <laughs> well, the last part, doing your own thing is probably a good thing. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of things, too, is the expectations that people have about women. Um, you know, and women expectations of other women is probably the biggest source of stress. I think guys are yeah. a little more lenient on this. But, you know, it's like this. If you're a stay-at-home mom and taking care of something, well, you have certain groups that will look at you and say, oh, how dare you? You, yeah. you, are, you, are, you are not in line with the, with the sisterhood. 
And, right. And that, and that puts a lot of distress. Why not allow them the choice to live the lives that they wish to live? Right. Which is kind of confusing because I feel like women are always saying, you know, like women should empower women when really they're just fighting against each other the whole time. Yeah, that happens a lot. And the women will, will be the first to tell you that. And oh, I've yeah. talked to many who will say that, you know, that's been problematic. The other thing is, is that women, this idea, and this kind of emerged in the 90s, was the, uh, we call the super mom, superwoman, whatever, and, and she, she could do everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I, my always question that was, really? I said, who right. could do everything? <laughs> um, you know, it, you know and it's just not possible. Uh, we all have weaknesses. We all have things we're not good at. We all only have 24 hours in a day. We all, right. all need to sleep. We all need, you know, to eat right. We, these types of things. You can't do everything. And right. I think a lot of people need to hear that it's okay, yeah. right? You don't have to do this. And who are you trying to impress anyways? Right. right. It should all really just be for you and those you care about. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. Think about what it is that you want in life. I think a better idea for many women to, and, and for men is to decide what it is that they want to do. And yeah. pursue your goals, but be realistic about it too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at differences between men and women, at, you know, um, and there are natural differences too. I talk a lot about this under work stress, but the notion is that, you know, women will feel a sort of a stress that, that, that drives them to take care of their children when they're sick and leave work. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll do that. Men oftentimes feel the other way. They will say, I feel I've got to, I got to provide for my family. So I got to stay at work and work extra hours to make sure they're, they have enough to yeah. be supported on. It's, 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 it's the idea that men just don't care about their families is, is again, another myth that's been perpetuated. Right. And it's just done idea, through a different way. And, and the other idea is that women don't care about work. That's a myth too. Mm-hmm. See, they do, but they make choices. A lot of times, this is this isn't just based on sociology, as many sociologists say. This is based on hardcore physiology, mm-hmm. and we're literally hardwired in a certain way. Right. Right. Yeah. So then, um, to keep going off of feminism, um, how do you think modern feminism impacts stress for both men and women? Well, I think a little bit with about modern feminism. I mean. Most people, there's been waves of modern feminism and, and or, of feminism. One was equal rights. I don't think anybody that I have ever met thinks that women should not have the same rights as men. Right. But the second wave was more along the lines of, um, you know, men and women are the same. And that's clearly been refuted by thousands of studies. And so yeah. this whole idea that men and women are the same is ridiculous. Um, people who spouse that are a little more, they're ideological. They are not scientific. Mm-hmm. And the third one is men are bad, right? That's sort of where things are now. Yeah. Uh, and that's where modern feminism is. And that doesn't help a lot at all. It's not even helpful. It just seems to be a little bit on the angry side. Oh, yeah. and, and, and the idea is that, well, you, there's things you can learn from the other gender. and You can learn things. I, I, I have said this for years, that the genders are complementary. Mm-hmm. They provide complementary skills, abilities, and things that actually help each other out. And you can learn from others pretty well, right? And so, as I say, over the course of your lifetime, you actually become, I would say, more androgynous in the sense that you begin to pick up the right, skills of yeah. the other. Yeah. Right? And, and you learn that over time because you realize that they, they bring certain things to the table. And then, again, these are bell-shaped curves. I always tell people there are different, you know, there are outliers right. and things like that. But the, the notion is, is that, Modern feminism has sort of made a lot of unrealistic expectations on women, and they've made a lot of um, false accusations about men. 
And that has actually driven people apart. Uh, you have a, a movement in the country called men going their own way. Well, what drives that? Well, a lot of feminism does that. Yeah. Right. And that limits people's social support. It limits their ability to get along. It limits their ability to make social connections. Right. And that and that can have a real detriment in the long term. But it also makes a lot of sense. I mean, okay. feminism has sort of driven men away from or some men, I should say, away from forming long term and committed relationships with yeah. women. And a lot of women, um, you know, they say, well, I can just support my own myself. Well, it's probably true. You probably can support mm -hmm. your own self. But that doesn't mean you're not going to be lonely. And it doesn't right. mean that you're not going to want a family. It doesn't mean you're, see, all these things that come part of that. Right. And so I think, and it leads to a lot of different distressors as we physiologically are different. There are certain things that we want out of life. Um, you know, women live, as I say, a life based on their physiology as well as men. They live a life based on their physiology. We do things slightly different. For example, I can't have children, like right. physically, right? Right, right. Right, but, but the idea, I'm a grandparent, and I'm also, you know, a father. But the point is, is that you don't do it by yourself, right? Right. You need, you need um, people to help you, and you need those relationships. And I think feminism has really um, done a disservice to a lot of women who, for example, want to be stay-at-home moms. That's fine, right? right? Uh, many can't today, today because it's too hard to make a living by yeah. one income. And that's totally understandable. But the other thing is, is that why shouldn't they have that choice to do that? Yeah. And then, and then and they'll say, well, men should stay home too. Well, I said, yeah, if they want to, that's fine too. I mean. Right. It's, it's kind of it's just like, what you want, what's going to make you feel, feel fulfilled. It shouldn't right, be right. based off what other people expect. Exactly. Right. A lot of times we live too much for other people's expectations. And that includes a lot of these ideological groups that are out there too. You get forced fed a lot of times at universities. You get these, you know, this this information that is really just ideological and it's not factual. Yeah. And it's not something I say you really got to weigh it with a huge grain of salt. Yeah. Right? And, and decide that it perhaps may not fit for you. And uh, even though it's being pr potentially taught in a classroom. Uh, but again, it's, uh, you know, you, you this, this it, the notion that feminism, it, it, early on, it was great. It was very helpful. Today, yeah. I'm not. I would say that it's probably more harmful than that, and, I, and that has actually been the feedback I've gotten from students. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. they've dismissed it because they've essentially said half the population is no good. Oh yeah, whenever I hear it, I just kind of tune it out. It's kind of like that blank stare when people start talking about yeah. it, <laughs> and exactly. I just barely nod. But um, so then, um, does our modern culture exasperate stress more for one gender than the other? So I guess this can kind of go back to what we were just talking about. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the culture, I mean, again, talk about things like social media, attractiveness, what's, mm -hmm. what's, I, what's attractive, what's not. And attractiveness tends to be tied to worthiness of being loved. Mm -hmm. And that's deep down what really drives people. We have innate need to be loved. Right. And, and, and that drives a lot of behaviors, and a lot of thoughts and people uh, and the culture tends to put these expectations of what is lovable or worthy of love being loved. Um, and that's that's unfortunate uh, because it, it prevents people from really valuing other people and they get false ideas in their head about what that ideal is, of which perhaps only one half of one percent of the population would even remotely meet. Right. And I feel, feel like it also puts a strain on like everyone's like sense of self. Yes. And understand that, you know, we are all individuals and we all have individual traits, gifts, talents, abilities, mm -hmm. personalities, all sorts of things that are there, regardless of who you are. 
And uh, we need to understand there are differences in so many different dimensions and understand that that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Because then how will we ever grow? We're not, it's not all good to be the same and uniform. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's all I need. You ever thought about it? If everyone was a carpenter and nobody was a plumber, what good would you have? <laughs> right. Exactly. So then if you were to give any advice to men or women about what they could do to better manage their stress, what would you say? Like, what would you tell them to monitor or look out for? Well, one of the things I think for, for women is that um, there is a tendency towards emotion-based um, coping, mm-hmm. which is it ties into rumination, right? And things like that, where you, you're, you, you, you tend to try to deal with things emotionally as opposed to trying to solve them through some kind of problem-solving skills. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important. Um, men, vice versa, you know, understand the emotions that are related to this and, and understand that, every, you know, uh, and don't avoid the problems. I think a lot of people try to avoid things until it's too late. Yeah. Avoidance behavior is this has a lot to do with relationships, conflict of any type. People don't want to con- don't want to deal with it. Yeah, it's like that confrontation. Confrontation. Are, people are very scared of that. And that's. Um, it's a part of life. I think people need to understand that we can be dis- disagree without being disagreeable. Right. We, we can have different opinion or see things and be willing to say, I'm sorry. Right. And so that's also part of it. Um, and, um, and then I think, you know, the other idea is that when you look at women, understand that tend and befriend is a good thing. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a very healthy thing. Uh, and men, you know, fight or flight, we're designed for that. We, you, and that's oftentimes how we react to stress is in a fight or flight type <laughs> yeah. of behavior. Um, and it tends to, be, but there's also things that you can learn from each gender. And that's important um, that we can learn from each other. It isn't all or one. You're not, it, there are things that we can gain by our combined and complementary skill sets. Right. Uh, which is so important. Uh, I think this idea that culture continually tries to put men and women at each other's throats has been very um, d- detrimental to relationships, uh, commitment, uh, that in, in terms of, and even uh, sacrificing people's quality of life. Right. I think a lot of people need to understand that, you know, there's a lot of good things that we offer and, and appreciate those differences as well. And then stay off social media and don't believe everything <laughs> that people tell you. You are, you know, a lot of things about expectations and about what the ideal is. Oh, come on. I know. Yeah. yeah and there are things about beauty that, you know, that we all agree certain things are beautiful. Okay. Got that. But that doesn't mean that a person isn't a beautiful person in any, many different ways, shapes and forms. Right. Uh, you know, as I said, you could have someone who looks beautiful or entirely handsome, but they're absolutely useless in terms of making a living. They're, 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 uh, they bring social conflict and mm-hmm. they're irresponsible. I mean, that makes for a miserable life. No matter right. how shiny the car is, the engine's bad. It's not good. Right. <laughs> so overall, it just kind of sounds like um, people just need to kind of like accept and embrace what they bring to the table and then also do that for others. Yeah. And also learn for others too. Yeah. And and again, it's understand that, yeah, men and women are different. We do have differences and, you know, accept them and let's move on. Right. <laughs> Okay, so thank you for your time, Dr. Peterson, and we will see you next time.